G'day guys and girls and welcome to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How you doing today buddy? I am good. I am... Um, yeah. Are you excited? Bit... You up and about? You ready to go? I am a little bit tired. <laughs> Not mate, as tired as you are. How are you complaining about being <laughs> tired? I spent the entire weekend travelling around Hong Kong for work and the amount of seminars that I was in and the amount of alcohol that I drank on... Uh, at night at the seminars no 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 no. this was <laughs> well uh, debatable but no no at night in between the seminars uh was just horrifying and the plane ride back wasn't particularly great either so we're going to make this an incredibly short podcast this will be nice and uh, short and sharp if this doesn't set the record for our shortest podcast of all time i'll be incredibly surprised the thing is it might just drag on if one of us asks the other one questions and oh, we're just like God. uh I don't know. If you ask me questions, I will lose my mind. All <laughs> right. It's, in it. saying that, we are going to answer some of your Twitter questions <laughs> later on in the podcast. So interesting. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, so we're going to dive straight into the games. And uh, the first game of the round, it seems like forever ago, all the way back on Wednesday last week, yes. was the Tigers versus the Demons. And uh, this was just an ugly clash, to be honest. Melbourne never looked like they were in it. And I don't know uh, what Melbourne first are doing. The quarter was pretty competitive. But not particularly pretty. But then after that, they Melbourne just got blown away. I, I don't know what the Demons are doing this year, to be honest. I mean, last on the ladder, never would have picked that in a million years after six rounds. No. But from a fantasy point of view, we'll look at the Tigers first. Yep. Uh, a lot of draft guys jumping up there again. Basho Hooley's had a good couple of weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick Floston uh, annoyed draft coaches everywhere because he seems to have one week where he goes 125 and then goes 60s for the rest yeah, of the he time. Yeah, teases. he teases oh. a lot. And Luston. you hate coming up. I heard a lot of draft coaches who came up against him thinking, right, this is an easy 60. Yeah. And he goes 124. So well done if you own him. It sucks if you don't. Yeah. But you oh, can almost... it sucks if you do a little bit as well because he'll go 60 next week. Yeah, you can almost guarantee he'll pump out a 60 next. Um, is there anyone in particular you want to hone in on for <laughs> Richmond? I, I really want to highlight Jack Ross just quickly. Yeah, Ross was very, very good. Absolutely terrific. Deserves a starting spot on your salary cap side. If you've got two um, midfield slots. So if For you've got rookies, two yeah. rookie midfield slots, you're looking at Constable and Jack Ross on your starting lineup, in my opinion. That, that's, uh, oh, I'd say he's probably the third one you'd be looking yeah, at. Yeah, I, I suppose. I, I did forget about Walsh because he had a 74, and we I do have a short memory when it comes to uh, to rookies. Um, and a 74 Only is still a, a very, still a very solid score. score so far. But yeah, Jack Ross did look good. Okay, so, so Ross is 322,000 now, so you've probably missed the boat on him at this point. Um, you could I'd, still, go, I'd go, I'd get him. He's could, negative 16 break even. Yeah, but I mean, you're spending that much on a rookie? Well, look, there, there's a player we'll talk about a little bit. Actually, I'll talk about him now more so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Liberatore. Uh, He's way down the line in terms of the games for us to talk about, but he is bleeding cash at the minute, or he's going to be bleeding cash because he's not playing in the in a great role. Luke Beveridge is doing Luke Beveridge things, Um, and he plays all over the place, and he just doesn't look like the same Tom Libertore that started the season. I did read something saying that he was a bit sore and a bit tired after the first month or so, so they played him a bit more forward the last fortnight. So that means get rid of him. Yeah, agree. He's topped out in price. He's done his job. He's gone up about a hundred. 180k, and if you downgraded him to Jack Ross, you're making a ton of income and you're bringing in cash to upgrade someone yeah, else. Yeah, I mean, you'd be making what about a 150 200k? Uh, off the top of my head, th- three. I well, actually, let's have a little bit of a look, see, shall we? Tom Liberatore, in terms of price, 
Oh, let's have a look. Where are we? Tom Liberatore is 587k. So you're making 260k right. off of yeah, that trade. I, I, yeah, okay, that one does make sense. Yeah, to do so I, I would definitely be looking at getting uh, bringing in Jack Cross if you're looking at that sort of trade. Um, unless you have the cash stowed away to upgrade Liberatore, of course. Yep. Uh, Baker's another great rookie from Richmond who's been doing well. And same with Sydney's stack. I know 54 isn't particularly spectacular, but... The things that he's doing, he's securing his spot in the best 22. They're not going to be dropping stack anytime Absolutely, soon. Absolutely, And yeah. he'll have the odd 70 to 80 point game quite regularly, I think. So he'll be going up in price for some yeah, time. Yeah, I, He's not someone I would necessarily be wanting to start every week because he is going to be inconsistent. But I, yeah. I've got no issue with him as your bench emergency mm-hmm. or if you need to rotate him onto the field for, say, a Whitfield this week. Uh, we talked about Dusty Martin last <laughs> week. Yes. Uh, and he came back and did Dusty Martin things. We weren't sold on him last week, and you shouldn't I have been sold on him either. But he's got forward status is irrelevant. I, yeah. I wouldn't be looking at him this year. He, it's really tough to pick. I mean, he was tagged in this game by Hibbard. And he, so Hibbard went <laughs> yeah, into the right. midfield and dominated that's him. That's right. This was a weird game. And then when he went up forward, Hibbard's a legitimate defender who could match up on him. So yeah. it was just a good matchup by Melbourne. It's probably the only good thing they did for the game. Um, yes. Um, we'll go over onto the Demons. Uh, Maxi Gorn, Clayton Oliver, Angus Brayshaw were all very solid, and we I think they're going to be mainstays. So, yeah. so Gorn is um, break-even of 111 this mm-hmm. week. If you want to bring him in and you haven't already, this is probably... This uh, is the week to This week him. or you, next week. Maybe next week. Hit, he may or may not hit 111, but yeah, I think he's around about the right time. I think there's some other players who are really struggling at the moment who you should be looking at getting out as opposed to whoever you have as your second Ruckman. Yeah, I agree. Um, so some of the other players to talk about from a Melbourne point of view, just quickly touching on the... Uh, Viney's out for yeah. a um, weeks yeah. with a epic um, hip and shoulder from Sydney From Sack. Sydney Zack. That was amazing. Just destroy him. <laughs> and you know when Viney stays down that that was a good hit. Yeah, that, it was a legal hit as well, which was fantastic. Yeah, but um, Viney's out for a few weeks. I think that probably helps your Brayshaws and your Olivers a little bit mm-hmm. with their scoring. It does. Um, which really is kind of irrelevant because they're either owned in draft or uh, quite at the point where you'd be jumping on him anyway. Exactly. Um, Some of the youngsters there, Marty Hall was very solid with a 68. Not as good as we we kind of hoped, but he was still very good. Still solid. Um, Lockhart came back in. I'd be surprised if he lost his spot. He was quiet uh, towards the end of the match, but Melbourne, the entire team was just terrible for the second half. He was lively early. And he, he scored a goal. He looked... Like he was getting in and amongst it, and there's like I mean Jaden Hunt, uh, Christian Petrarca, Garlett, Tim Smith. These these sorts of players played poorer games than him, so I think Lockhart will hold his spot. Um, and Tom McDonald came back down to earth with a poor score. So um, yeah, he's if you own Tom McDonald in drafts, uh, you're not getting any value for him in a trade. Do you just ditch him? Um. Oh, jeez. It's, or do you back him into? Do you back the Melbourne team in to turn it around? It's tough because I think there's the fact that they don't have Hogan anymore. Mm-hmm. I think he's maybe hurting them more than they thought it would because it means Tom McDonald has to play as the main man up forward. He does, yeah. Whereas last year he could kind of be the the sidekick a little bit. Yeah, and he's a very very good player for a sidekick. Oh yeah, um, as the main man, he's. I don't know if it's that he's struggling or if they're just not getting the ball to him enough, a little bit of bit, both, but it's just not working at this stage. No, it's not. And they, they do need to do something. It's just when they actually decide to do it. Yeah, I think Tom McDonald, 
Depends how deep your waiver wire is. I'd ditch is. him. I'd ditch him. I, I'd be ditching him. Depends how deep a league it is. There might not be anything decent on the waivers yeah. to ditch him for. Well, if because you... Because he has the potential to crank out a 90. He does. He does. On any given week. Yeah, I, I guess you're right there. Um, all right, we'll move on to the uh, the next game of the round, which was the Bombers versus the Pies. Uh, so really close game, actually. This one was terrific. Another yeah. Anzac Day classic. Um, so some of the scores on the Collingwood point of view. I mean, that... They're starting to look more like the old Collingwood with a they lot are, of great yeah. fantasy scores. Pendles is, has been spectacular this year, actually. We, we haven't really rated him from oh, a salary cap point of hasn't, view. He hasn't... I've got him in one of my draft leagues. So mm. his scores have been premium without being uber premium. Yep. So he's been good without being great. This was just a winding the clock back game. That's all yep. this was. Okay. It was a, a big, big game. He's a big game player. He wound the clock back. He smashed it out. Yeah. Um, I think he'll go back to his 95 to 105 for most of the rest of the season. Yeah, he's averaging just dead on 100 with an average of the last 5 or 103. So he has had some poorer scores yeah. mixed in there, I guess. But he has been underrated this this season in particular. Oh, you don't talk about him that much, but that's because he's not in the top echelon of midfielders yeah. anymore uh, from Bro- a salary cap perspective. Brody Grundy was terrific. Now, I badmouthed Taylor Adams last week um, and said <laughs> I wouldn't bring him in. I'm still not bringing him in. He's gone on another whoa, 120 this yeah. week. I'm still not touching him. If anyone else out there <laughs> wants to, all the power to you, but yeah. there are some other underpriced un- midfielders. Underpriced. There's other ones yeah. I'd rather go with. I'd probably rather go with Zach Merritt. Yep, yeah, me yeah. too. Then him. Um, who else did we talk about last week? Fiorini. Fiorini. Well, he's a bit overpriced now. He's 747k. Um, yep. So he's more expensive than a lot of them. But yeah. Fiorini's on ter- in terrific form. And the other one that I'll be looking at is Nat Fife, who's 715k. And without his concussion-affected score, he's had some amazing scores this he year. Has, yeah. So his average isn't <clears throat> looking great at 103. But if you take out his concussion-affected score, it's closer to 109. Yeah, so which is pretty solid. He's he's been looking very good this year. But I, I'm not looking at Adams in salary cap, not at all. Uh, Jack Crisp had his bounce back game, and he'll probably get two seventies in a row, and then another hundred and twenty. So he's just up and down. Yep, as he does. Yep. Uh, Trelaw had a, a, a solid game, considering we've we've talked about the Adams effect on him in the midfield. Yeah, hundred and five for the thirty one touches, though. Yeah, a lot of handballs. Eleven kicks to twenty handballs. So I, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. So. Uh, with the exception of Pendlebury and Adams, their midfield was good, was just kind of solid. Yeah, really. solid. Um, Jordan... And I think that'll be the way that they'll roll for the rest of the year. There'll be one or two guys that'll be great any mm-hmm. given week, and the rest of them will be solid. So yeah. you're not really going to be upset owning any of them. It's just they'll probably take turns in who goes big each week. Exactly. And I suppose for draft owners, it would depend where you drafted these guys. So if you drafted someone like Steel Sidebottom, quite early, maybe in the third round or the second round even, late second yeah. round, you'd be disappointed with his output. And, this and year. he's probably the one that will have close to the greatest discrepancy between his average and his really good games. Agreed, agreed. Um, if there's no one else on that side of the ledger, we might move on to the Bombers, uh, yeah. who, yeah, there's, there's a Not lot of really. deeper draft guys in there. Uh, Dylan Shield turned it on again in this game, um, and yeah, he it almost looked like he was running around quite free, and they were happy to let him. His disposal efficiency wasn't particularly great. No, particularly late in the game at a few crucial moments. He yeah. had some horrible kicks, but he is generally he's a really good kick. So I think they were just rolling the dice a little bit. Yeah, the pies, and it came up in their favour. It, it, it was week. just a little bit lucky. So I, w- I was 
I'm kind of hoping with Dylan Shield that if that disposal efficiency remains <clears throat> down, teams will notice that, not necessarily tag him. Oh, I wouldn't think that it will stay down. I think it, he's a good enough player that he'll correct it. It yeah. might just be the fact that he is he's the main man there and mm-hmm. he's the shiny new toy for the club. So if Shield's running past every... so And he's breaking lines and running at full pelt. Mm. And when you're running at full pelt, you're going to miss some kicks. You are. Uh, Devin Smith is out injured for at least this week, if not... Uh, uh, future weeks, so mm-hmm. something to be worried about there for draft owners. Again, if you own Devin Smith in a draft league and bring in someone off the waiver lists uh, yeah. for one of your poorer guys, if the, if you don't have the bench cover, uh, and just deal with it. I think you just have to suck it up with Devin Smith now because you're getting peanuts for him if you try and trade him. Yep, and he's much better. He deserves more than you know the average that he's he's got at the moment. Absolutely. So, um, someone I want to talk about, Joey Danaher. Yeah, um, from a draft perspective only. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's only well, he's owned by seventy eight percent of Ultimate Footy League. Mm-hmm. So there's a surprising number of leagues. It's name value, name value with him. So yeah, but there's a surprising number that he's not owned in. Mm. After going, this is his second game back. Sixty four in his first game back, just blowing some of the cobwebs out. He's gone ninety nine in the Anzac Day clash. Yep. Would you be interested in him from a draft perspective? I own him in a draft. I own him in our redraft league. Cool. I actually didn't know that. So, perfect question yeah, for you. Yeah, there we go. I, I what, what are draft- your thoughts on Danaher? Well, I drafted him at the start of the year, and I kept him as an emergency, not an emergency, uh, on the, the deep bench. Yeah. Um, uh, just knowing that he looked like if he got a decent preseason, which he did. He was injured on the eve of the season, basically. Yeah. So, he had the preseason under his belt that he could come in and rip the game apart a little bit, like he did two seasons ago. Yeah. He, he looked terrific that season. He had a horrible year last year, injury-affected. I thought he was going to come back in, be a lot stronger this year, and from this game, it looks like it. Hopefully, he can continue on. But again, he needed four goals to get that score. That's true, but the the midfield that he's got should be delivering a lot of should the ball be. to him, yeah. and at his best, he's a difficult guy to stop. He is. So, as a forward in a draft league, he's absolutely terrific. Yeah. So, those 22% of leagues that don't own him, go out and grab him this 100%. week. 100%. Um, we'll move on to the next game of the round, which was the Power versus the Kangaroos. Uh it was a bit of a foregone conclusion this game, to be honest, because the power were ahead by so much from picked a few late goals. Yeah. Uh, but on the power side of the ledger, now you laughed at me via <laughs> via GIF on our on our messenger chat. I I was in Hong Kong and yep. I mentioned to you that I was putting the captaincy on Travis Boak this week. I thought and you'd gone. You'd had too many drinks. Over no, there. you'd, you'd gone crazy. You, you thought I'd gone mad, hadn't you? But no, Travis from twenty seven. Uh, I thought that he would have a better game than Tom Rockliffe this week. He certainly he, did. He did. Rockliffe uh, started off really well, but slowed down. They chucked uh, they chucked yeah, Zebel yeah. onto him. I think I they think chucked so, someone yeah. to tag him. Which I think that happens to a lot of really good players. Like Cornelio gets that quite a lot. Where if you get a flyer early, exactly. Yeah. No one starts to tag him from the from the beginning of the game, except the the West Coast Mark Hutchings game. Yeah. Um, and he gets off to a flyer, he gets 50 points in the first quarter, and he ends up on about 110, 120, yeah. because they pay much closer attention to him yeah. after that. So, uh, yeah, Boke was pretty... Boke actually started a bit slowly, but built quite nicely through the game. So His, his second quarter, from memory, he got about 40 points. So yeah. he, he just looked absolutely solid. So he's not a captaincy option f- every, week. every week, but against North Melbourne, against these... 
young, poorer teams, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely a big option for me this year in the midfield. Great two-way runner. Fair enough. Um, Sammy Gray. This is two good games he's in a row. A, he's had a very good fortnight. Um, Robbie Gray out injured as well for some time. Does that help him or does that hurt him because he plays up forward more? I don't really think it impacts on him too much at all. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of a false association there, probably just because they both have the name Gray. Maybe. I well, think everyone's like, oh, Robbie Gray's out, Sam Gray's going to get more ball. I think he's going to play exactly the same role he has been. Okay, well, he's been playing a little bit on the wing slash high half forward. He's been playing the role that sort of Robbie Gray would like to be, or owners of Robbie Gray would <laughs> like him to be playing. Yep. Um, because Robbie Gray's been awful for fantasy this year, and probably in uh, just in terms of the AFL as well. He's He hasn't been his usual self this year, no, I don't not think. Not so much. Not the normal highlights reel. Um, so, yes, unowned in a, a draft league out there. I don't mind going and picking him up if he's still unowned. He's, yep, absolutely. He's on a roll. Why not give it a shot? Yep. And he had those two years where he was... 80-plus average, so he has shown he can do it before. Yeah. Um, the the youngsters, the Port Adelaide youngsters, Dersma, wow, we told you to trade him out last week. We told you that he had reached a break-even of about 50. That was what he was averaging over the yep. past three weeks. I I still maintain stand corrected. I think he will have a rest sooner, soonish. I would have assumed, I assumed last week was the week for rest. He looked tired after the West Coast yeah, game. They might have gone, this is a bit of an easier game. Maybe. We'll give him a little bit of a rest. At home as well. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if against Collingwood on Friday night, they might give him a yeah. rest. So, Dersma, Rosie, hold them for some time yet. Drew's still got a couple of weeks left in him, in my opinion, as well, of, of cash to be made. Uh, and, uh, of course, Butters, who... Was Butters playing in this game? He was, yeah. He was, he was a bit quieter, though. Yeah, he was. So 57. Well, if you still own Butters, we told you to trade him a little while ago. Definitely be trading him now. Um, we'll move over onto the Kangaroos side of the ledger here. Um, yes. Do we need to talk about the Kangaroos? Well, I'm not sure if you've seen. We have a fairly in-depth question about the Kangaroos, which we can either cover now or later. All right, let's cover it now. Let's, let's cover it now. So, who's the question from? It is... Um, already, I wasn't prepared for this. Let me just put it up. <laughs> whip, whip the phone out. Put Twitter on. Come on, yeah. mate. Uh, so it is from um, friend of the podcast, Brody. Oh, yeah. Past co-host. He says, you're going to hate this question, but can you seriously give a keeper slash redraft breakdown of the North Melbourne mid situation? Thoughts no. on Zeeble, what to do with Tyson and Ahern keepers? No. And what to expect from the inconsistent Hall and Dumont? No. Do we know? It's a question from a listener. We have to answer it. All right. Um, Also, my answer to that question is no. That I I I can't see any real fantasy future for any real North Melbourne player at the moment. All right. It is it is an ugly ugly situation there for fantasy. So let me let's very quickly look at each player. Yeah. Zabel got ninety six this week after getting a a horrible score last week because Mm -hmm. he played midfield this week. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm not convinced that he's going to stay midfield. Either am I. Um, I, I'd have to see at least another month of him back in the midfield because Brad Scott has been playing him as a pure forward and as a pure forward, Zeeble is absolute dog shit. So in uh, in a redraft, if you've got Zeeble at the moment, try and sell him this week. Yeah, um, yeah. While he's got currency because I'm not convinced that it will maintain. Mm-hmm. In keepers, uh, you'd probably almost be thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be doing that. I'd be getting rid of him. All right, um, next, Tyson and Ahern. Tyson and Ahern. Uh, Ahern, 
I'm more keen on than Tyson because Tyson's playing in the uh, in the VFL and well, they both did this week. But at least Ahern is young. Was Ahern playing in the VFL? Yeah, yeah true. Ahern yeah, and, and Ahern's at least Ahern I, is young. Ahern had a really good year last year as well. He had a good end to the year. I'm not sure what's going on this year. Well, Maybe I, it's just the addition of all these. I think it's randoms. just all the new players. The fact that he didn't get to start the year in the seniors. He's come in, but he's playing off the bench, so he's not Confidence getting a lot of midfield low. Yeah. minutes. Yeah, I get that, and. Yeah, I so I'd be more keen on Ahern than I am on Tyson, uh, and I'm not that keen on Tyson at the moment. It's yeah. just so the, the question is what to do with them if you've got them as keepers. Okay, um, I would be Ahern, keeping Ahern. I would be holding Tyson. I would be holding but, until the next time he comes back in. If he doesn't come back in for another, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I'd hold until he comes back in and see what he can do next time. Yeah. If he doesn't perform again, and or if he gets dropped again, I'd ditch him I'd, yeah. and just suck it up and say that you have to. Yeah. deal with the waiver yeah. list. I mean, if you can get something halfway decent for him in a trade with someone who well, hopes can he can do better... You can get anything. Then. Trade him, yeah. yeah. Um, because I think he's probably that far down the pecking order at the moment. Mm. Um, and he plays a similar role to a lot of their other mids. So. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, and then Hall and Dumont. Hall and Dumont. Uh, look, Dumont has been quite good this year from mm. memory. Uh, he's had a 67 in this game. I think his last two weeks were pretty good, though. Yeah. Um, um, and I think... He's playing wing for them, so he's going to have some up and down scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be hold- definitely holding on to Dumont. He he does I look like, like a good player. Um, in the case of Hall, I, yeah, I've got no idea what to expect. I thought he would have a particularly good year this year because I thought the Kangaroos with those inclusions would improve, but they've gone the other way and they're they're horrible. Yeah. So just on Dumont, he's probably my favourite of the North Melbourne midfielders from a yeah. fantasy perspective. Yeah. Um, Cunnington's probably the safest, but mm-hmm. Dumont's probably, at this stage, um, the one that I like the most. Yeah. And, I mean, there's other players in there like LDU, who I've been big on in the past, and I still like the look of, but, I mean, I, I just liked him at, at underage level. That's that's where he looked so good. and He's looking better. He is looking better. I get Still the, not quite good yet, but I better. honestly get the feeling that if he had gone to another team, uh, that he would be doing significantly better. Uh, as a player. Which is funny because we thought last year when he was drafted by North that he'd get all the opportunities he, he could, he could I, ask for. And he got very little opportunities. And when he did get opportunities, he was played in the forward pocket. He was never made to play as a forward pocket. It's just, he doesn't He's have that talent. Pocket. It doesn't make any sense. So He's an inside contested ball winner. He's yeah. not a forward. So, yeah, it's it's a weird situation down at North. But, look, Brody, I hope that answers your question a little bit. We're not keen on any of them. Uh, some of them I just hold on to for that little bit longer to see what they can do. If you own too many Kangaroos players in a keeper league, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I would probably have no more than two in my squad yeah and even those two would have to be the you know some I was going to say the top end but who's the top end maybe Ben Cunnington is a really solid fantasy midfielder Cunnington your favourite defender McMillan oh Jesus yeah McMillan well this year (laughs) he's he's been looking better but we'll we'll move on from that game shall we we'll move back to another game which had some good fantasy scores in the the Lions versus the Suns Uh, Lions were always going to win this uh, from the first quarter they just got off to a massive start um, and Mitch Robinson winning the uh, the MVP for best player on the ground. Yeah, 120 points, three goals, 26 touches, eight marks, five tackles. That is a very well-rounded game. Terrific game. If you own him in a draft league and you played him on the field, you've done well. I wouldn't be... I mean, sell high maybe. If someone will be keen on him, uh, this yeah. is a sell high week for me. Yeah, I, it's, 
Is Robinson's a forward again this year? I believe so, I yes. I feel like he is. Yeah, he is. I think he's good games are going to be good enough that I'd still be playing him, probably. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, and, and this is for draft league, obviously, as well, yes. only, guys. Yeah. He's, a, he's not a, uh, a salary cap guy. He's too inconsistent. Lockie Neal uh, was better this week, 108. Now, from memory, he's got quite a high break-even. He does. It's so, 120-something. Yeah, so... Look, and he's dipped under uh, 800k again, so it's he's a, 794. It's a pretty good time to strike with Neil, I think. Um, I think wait another week. because oh, actually, it's 136. Yeah, break so even. wait another week or two if and it's 136. this week. Yeah, so the Gabba. give it two more weeks. He'll be bottomed out hopefully around about 760k. Great time to strike. Yeah. Um, and this, was, this goes back to my argument about Whitfield as well. Neil was... You know, he had an amazing run, but it's not going to go on forever. That's the hot hand theory. You think, you know, after a few incredible games, it's just going to keep going. Wait, if you can't afford to bring someone in at 850k or low 800ks, they're going to have a bad game at some stage and come back down in price. Um, so for me, yeah, Lockie Neal, bring him in two, a couple of weeks' time. Um, Agreed. Daniel Rich, solid for draft owners. Yep. Um, and Lions was much better this week. Which Lions, oh jeez, this is the only thing he's done since round one. Yeah. So he's only relevant in, um, I'd say, deep drafts. Yeah. And even then, he's not a starting mid no. at the moment. So uh, unless he can pull together another two like this, mm-hmm. uh, he's kind of irrelevant for me this year. Right, Noah Answorth, just quickly. Rookie, very low priced, was very good in this game, 75 points. Uh, five tackles in there, so he was inside. He had, uh, I think, just the 12 disposals in there. Seven marks uh, as well, though. Sorry, fit. he had... Uh, no, just 12 disposals, but seven marks. So he was getting out uh, outside as well as tackling hard. Um, would you bring him in, or would you be worried about job security if you needed oh, someone uh, as a forward? A I forward, think he's a forward, he? yeah. So you could replace someone like Matty Parker with him. Parker or Petrocelli. Parker or Petrocelli, yeah. Um, I good don't option. mind it so long as you don't have to play him on the field. Yeah, if he's playing next week, uh, if he's in the team next week, and you can put him on your bench, I don't mind bringing him if in. If you can for... play him on your bench, if you can have him sitting on your bench, I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. I'd be very hesitant to play him on the field because I don't think that we can expect this anything like these scores week in, week out. I mm-hmm. mean, the fact that he only got 12 touches... But he still managed to get to this score is actually really good. Yep. He's not going to be managing 75 off 10 to 15 touches mm-hmm. often. Uh, on the Gold Coast side of the ledger, we mentioned this last week. We've mentioned it for a few weeks, and the big boys are starting to pay attention now. Some of the other podcasters around the league are really getting on board. Braden Fiorini, 137 this week, averaging, I believe now, over 110. I'm not one. You might want to check that for me, Matt. Uh, um, averaging? Or close to. Braden Fiorini for 749,000, break even of 78. He is averaging 114. There we go. And 125 in the last three. Yeah, he's looking incredible. His stats line is very, very good. It's 21 kicks to 10 handballs, which is a great ratio. Mm -hmm. He's got six marks in there. He's got eight tackles, so he's getting inside. And he missed a couple of goals as well, so he had two behinds. Now, the tricky thing is he plays West Coast this week. So do you think the tag goes to him, or do you think that the tag goes... or do you just think Gold Coast are going to struggle? I just think they're going to struggle because the Eagles... But they struggled had... this week, 62 to 111, and he got 137. Yeah, true. And he's not like it's not like he's the most damaging by foot, so I wouldn't think... No, Jack, Ma- Jack Martin him. seems like someone who's more damaging. Um, 
I would be looking at Jack Martin over him. And if Weller comes in at some point soon, I would be looking at Weller over him. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I'm just hesitant of any team coming up against West Coast at home. Yep. Particularly after West Coast have just had two losses in a row. They should be coming out breathing fire. They should, but they also look terrible. So Yeah, they should. Yeah, true. Um, so, Braden Fiery, I'm all on board bringing him in this week. I, I'd be happy to bring him in. Um, but I would probably rank him for that price. I would be more keen on Merritt and Fife. So if I was to yeah, rate some of the under agreed. underpriced premiums this week, who I view as underpriced premiums, I'd be bringing in Fife and Merritt um, over Fiorini, but only just. He'd be my third pick, and he'd be a great point of difference if you're keen oh, for awesome something a little bit different. Yeah. Um, is there anyone else you want to... A down week for Jack Bowes, just, just quickly on him. He's been great, actually, as a defender in Ultimate Footy. Um, in class in AFL fantasy, he's just a um, a centre only, so unfortunately he's not that relevant. But for draft league owners in Ultimate Footy, he's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is there anyone else you actually want to talk about quickly from the Suns before we move Ooh. on to the Saints in Adelaide? Not really. There's a few of their guys that are more draft relevant that started the year off really well that have struggled a little bit the last couple of weeks yeah. as they've. Um, come up against some tougher games but um, I think we all know who they are so yeah we'll move on then so the Saints and the Crows the Crows won this one in a bit of a canter uh, and there were some solid scores from all the top guys we're expecting so Brody Smith well he was one out of the bag actually he's been great in the past couple of weeks he finished the game off really well because he was on a bit of an average score at halftime well we mentioned that Brody Smith would pick up a lot of the slack from Wade Miller going out you need to hang on to him for a few more weeks and he's doing that right now. So he's do- performing well enough to, at the moment, almost justify being called a premium in defense. Um, and he's making you a lot of money. So you've got a few weeks to hold on to him yet. Uh, Matt Crouch and Brad Crouch did what they normally do. And Rory Laird, again, we mentioned last week, looking very good. So hopefully he can keep up this sort of scoring. Um, I think if you're still keen on Rory Laird, you can pick him up very underpriced still this week. Um, and he's going to score well, in my opinion. Absolutely. And um, a guy that we've talked about a little bit over the last few weeks, Alex Keith. Yeah, great score. Uh, Now, only a draft-relevant guy, but only owned by 69% of leagues in Ultimate Footy. So if you're after a sort of plug-and-play backman, he's playing the um, intercepting Tommy Dode role Mm -hmm. for them. Um, I've got him in one of my leagues, so I'm very, very invested in what he's doing this year. Yeah. Uh, he comes up against Frio this week, um, which could go one of two ways. Mm-hmm. He could, they could be just bombing it in and lots of intercepting opportunities, or they could be playing a bit miserly like they have the last few weeks. And yeah, and he might not get many opportunities. Yeah. But I'd be going towards there'll be a lot of intercepting for him. Rory Sloan. I was just going to say Rory Sloan targeted by Jack Steele in this game, and again Sloan sort of proving that he can't really stand up to a tag because Steele's not the hardest tagger in the world. He's a he's a loose tagger. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so only an 82 for him. I'm still not super keen on Sloan in salary cap leagues. I think he's just too prone to the tag, and teams know that he's taggable, and he's... I, I think Sloan was underpriced to start the year, so mm-hmm. he would have been a good guy to start with. Well, for the but first few he's, weeks. he's gained his cash, and you can use him as a stepping stone at this Ag- point. Agreed. Um, speaking of Steele, he's one that we were huge on in the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, we, we got that one wrong. Uh, we did get that one wrong. I'm ditching him this week. I'm using a little bit of extra cash to upgrade him to five. It only costs 30k. Nice, and I like that. We're considering Steele's break-even is 
four. Um, he's coming off an eighty three, yeah. and uh, Steele has. Uh, I think overall for the season only gained one K, so he hasn't even really gone up. Yeah. Um, well, at least yeah, he hasn't gone the, down though. Yeah, this is the time to get rid of him. Uh, Billings had a poorer game as well, 87 from him, but he'll bounce. That's still pretty good for Billings. I mean, in a poor game that the Saints lost, last year he would have been getting a 50 in this game, if that. So uh, so it's good to see a bit of improvement from 2018, I guess. Uh, and Sebros is keeping on going. We mentioned a few weeks ago this he could get back to some decent scoring. I'd be really interested if you could look up Seb Ross on your uh, your little tablet there if it decides to work for you, mate, and Let's... see what his score has been over the last three. Yeah, don't jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, technical issues, mate. Alrighty, so Seb Ross, 693,000. So still way under price. Break even of 83. Uh, he has an average of 96.8 for the year and 116.7 for the last three. Ooh. So his last three games are 128 versus Hawthorne, 100 versus Melbourne, and 122 versus Adelaide. His next couple, though, are against the Giants and West Coast. But he's, do- he's done that in a game where they got slaughtered. So it's good to see him score in a game where St Kilda didn't have to win for him to get those points. Yeah, but Adelaide aren't really a team that restrict you from getting the ball. Either are the Giants. The Giants have given up scores. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I'd be very interested, actually. Seb Ross might fall into the similar sort of category as Fife and Merritt for me this week. In fact, he's significantly cheaper than both of them. So, I actually, I might be changing my trades right now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm reconsidering. Maybe instead of... Probably Merritt, actually. Instead of Merritt, I'm going to bring in Seb Ross. Because Merritt is very susceptible to a tag. Interesting. And if someone decides to tag Merritt and he goes for 60 or something like that, Nat Fife doesn't normally struggle with a tag. No, he's, he's generally... Too, too um, big, too, too bulky. Big and, and Seb Ross is saving me about 60k on that trade. So that's pretty handy. That's not too bad. Uh, anyone else you want to talk about from the Saints? Probably time to jump off Matthew Parker. Like, in the next two weeks, I would yeah, suggest. if you're able to, now's a good time. Yeah. But, uh... Apart from that, I think we're going to move on. Yep, I think that's it for them. So, the uh, the next game of the round, another Saturday game, was the Battle of the Bridge. Sydney versus the Giants, and Giants just too good in the end. Um, the fantasy scores reflect that as well. It looks like they had about yeah. 10 players break the ton, <laughs> which is outstanding. With yeah, even amazing. With even Matty DeBoer going 93. Um, so, Timmy Taranto was out. Bloody outstanding. He yeah. was everywhere after the first quarter he had a slow first quarter Canelio started to get locked down on a little bit more um, and Taranto just picked up the slack he was everywhere with 10 tackles as well yeah so Taranto's one I'm actually interested in this week for mm. 728,000 break even's 96 so there's probably not a huge amount of value to be made there but there's a bit of a point of difference uh, I think he's owned by 10% of the the comp yep um, his upcoming fixtures he's got St Kilda Hawthorne and Carlton and then Melbourne for his next Ooh. four. They've all been giving up points. That's very interesting. So I quite like him as a little bit of a point of difference. Jeez, there's a lot of good guys that you can sideways trade. Some of the players that you think have either maxed out in cash in terms of those stepping stones. I mean, you could get Liberatore with just a one downgrade somewhere else. So That's exactly what I'm yeah, doing. If I'm you, doing a downgrade and then turning Liber into Toronto. If you turn uh, Matty Parker into Answorth, that's probably enough cash to get someone like a Ross or a um, uh, a Toronto, someone like that. 
Very interesting. Um, okay, so we've got... Nan- what else we got? Hopper Hopper's was terrific. Great year. He's only draft relevant at this point, though. Of course, of course. Yeah, I wouldn't be looking at him in salary yeah. cap by a long way. Stephen Cornelio, again, had one of those games where he was freaking everywhere in the first quarter and just was stopped. I mean... Well, he also broke he, his hand. He, yeah, he had that finger injury. So, Cornelio, and we'll get on to the next guy in a little bit. Uh, yeah. Cornelio has a finger injury. Wait and watch. Um yeah. Un- it's unclear at this stage yeah. if he's going to be playing this week. If he's or not, not playing this week, you trade him. Yes. Yes, because yeah. finger injuries can be iffy. And if it, that turns into two weeks, that is a waste of money on the bench. Yep. And the amount that he is, you can use that cash elsewhere. If this was Super Coach or, you know, the old school AFL limited Dream Team trades. with limited trades, you, you hold would him. Hold, him, hold him. But we have two trades every single week and three trades during the buy. You trade him, guys. Simple. Um, now, uh, Lockie Whitfield. I want to go all the way down to there because the rest of the guys... 39 for Whitfield. Yeah, 39. The corkiest cork of all corks. It was the corkiest cork. Um, so, it it sucks for owners. That yes. sucks. But just uh, at least the one good thing is for owners, a lot of the top teams owned him. So, yes. a lot of those You're top teams were, same, were in the same boat. Same boat. Um, as people that don't own him... It just means you're licking your chops right now and going, right, in two or three weeks, he is going to be cheap. Yep. I'm, uh, I'm not expecting that he'll miss with a cork. No, I wouldn't think if so either. If he does, he'll be very close to playing and he'll only miss the one, so I would be holding him. I'd be interested because he's now, if with a cork, how does that running power go? So, it, mm. so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so Lockie Whitfield lost 47k this week um, yeah. with a break-even of 173. Yeah, so for me, I want him in my team at the end of the year. Yeah, of course. And if I trade him out now, I'm already almost 50k down. Yeah. Yes, I can use the cash somewhere else for something, but... I also have other holes that I need to plug, so he's not the biggest issue yeah. for me at the moment. So if he misses a week, I'll just rotate him onto the bench. Having said that, if you're in a position where you don't have other stuff you need to be doing, I could, would completely understand trading him out, using the cash, and bring him back in in a couple of weeks when my, he's dropped more. My three sort of tips would be, if you don't own Lockie Whitfield, obviously you wait until he bottoms out in price, because he could be 700k in yeah, a few weeks' Which time. is crazy. Um, which is uh, basically just on what he was at the start of the year, so you don't have to worry about that crazy increase. Um, if you do own him and he plays this week, I suggest holding him. Uh, if you do own him and he doesn't play this week, trade him immediately. Again, same thing as Cox. So you just sideways trade him because again, too much money sitting on your bench, and you can you know you can pick him up in a few weeks for eighty k cheaper or so, maybe even ninety k cheaper. Um, so, well, would you consider keeping him if he didn't play this week with that quad? Uh, no. Well, no, I will be keeping him even if he doesn't play, but that's only because I have both. Wow. I have both Libba and Sheed who I need to move on. Oh, you still have Sheed. Yeah, actually, that is, a, the only that is a tough one. Mm. So yeah. I need to move both of those guys off because they're also going to be bleeding cash. Okay. But they're not guys that I want to bring back in later. Fair enough. And there's guys so I like... I have to do something with there's, them. There's good scoring rookies like Scrimshaw, Hoare, Stack, and Dersmer in defense exactly. who could do quite I'm decently for you. I'm a lot more you. comfortable playing them on my field. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, was there anyone else you want to mention from GWS or should we move on? 
Uh, let me quickly check, but I don't think so. No, let's move on from there. So Sydney Swans uh, had a couple of decent scores from those draft guys. You know, Parker Kennedy, Zach Jones keeps going, and Jeez, what I'm, a year he's I'm still not ballsy enough to pick him in salary cap. I no, just me neither. Don't think but he's a. I think he's. If you do have the balls to do it, I, I think it. you're going to be rewarded. I love it, love it, big time. Um, and and yeah, I. Dawson, who you picked as one of your riskets last week, hey, had a great game, ninety six, very very um, good. Um, I think he will probably hold his spot and continue to score, not nineties, but reasonably well for the yeah. rest of the year because they need to unearth some new talent. Agreed. Um, so some of the other players, uh, Lloyd, everyone predicted that he might have a down game this week, and Matty DeBoer went straight to him, yeah. so we all knew he was going to have a down game he'll, after that. He'll bounce back. 85's not a bad effort, though, with Matty DeBoer playing on an uncontested defender. Well, I think Lloyd, from memory, might have been on two a quarter time. Yeah, yeah. So to come back to 85 is actually really, really yeah. impressive. Well, for the, the last three quarters, he, yeah. he did spectacularly. Um, yeah, and one of my other risks for the biscuits, Ryan Clark, I do believe, uh, was on 45, but had the opposite effect as Lloyd because he was on about 27 at quarter time and then proceeded yes, to get about that. 20 points in the the last three quarters. Did nothing. Um, Isaac Heaney, 78. Um, is, oh. in, is the inconsistency a concern for you? It, it is a concern, yeah. The, like we say, I'm still not sure what the top forward line looks like at the end of the year. So at the Beyond moment, it's looking, like, so it's looking like Danger, Boak, Tim Kelly, Jack Billings, and then you've got to slot in two more. Yeah. Um, so some of the other forwards, let's just quickly have a look. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you've got um, Ebert, who had the forward status added yeah. last week. You know who's... He's still up there-ish. Um, well, by average this year, so Rowan Marshall is next, but I wouldn't be bringing him in. No. You know who's next best after those four I just mentioned? Jack Nunes, one of our boys. Oh, is he? Jack Nunes is the fifth highest averaging forward this Mr. year. Mr. Consistent. Apparently. So that's that's amazing. No, because he hasn't been hitting the, the highs of the others, but he but also... he's consistent. He's consistent. He's 90-odd every week. Yeah. Um, so why is... Uh, hang on. This is, um, this is quite odd. I'm... Not 100% sure what's happening. Oh, because Ebert isn't showing on my uh, on my list here. So I may just have to quickly check. Oh, no, I was wrong. There we go. Brad Ebert is the next best. Oh, jeez. No, if, issue... What is this? Amateur <laughs> I, hour? Amateur hour. All right, so review, <laughs> reviewing that data, <laughs> because the W from Whitfield was still in the search bar. Um, hey, mate, I've been hung over in Hong Kong. <laughs> Leave me alone. Okay. Um, this Brad. is going to be like the lowest um, <laughs> listened to podcast we've ever done. Shambles. Um, Brad Ebert uh, is the next best with an average of 100. And then it falls down to Matt Tabernall with the 94 average. Still going at 94 after a pretty underwhelming yeah. game on the weekend, yeah. which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next best is Caleb Daniel. Would you want him in your team at the end of the year? Well, I almost brought him in a fortnight ago. But is he an end of the year player or is he a stepping stone? A stepping stone. Yeah. So ex- who are you stepping to? Like so, Brady, but it's the one well, to look at. Well, you've got the option to step either as a forward or as a defender. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'd probably be using him as a forward line stepping stone just because of the lack of forward line rookies. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got after that Gary Ablett, um, yeah. who's an interesting forward option, uh, yeah. but would be up and down. Yeah, he'll be and maybe rested. Yep. Um, Jeremy Cameron is the next best, but I don't like bringing in uh, key forwards. No. Uh, then Rowan Marshall and then Jack Nunes. So, yep. 
Isaac Heaney actually falls below them. Wow, okay then. So he's he's below he's well Jack Nunes. So our, yeah. I like Brad Ebert. So Brad Ebert's a great option yeah. for the, the top six. But then that last spot, who are you bringing in? Are you bringing in a, a Daniel? Are you going with Ablett? Are you trusting the old the man? The issue with, with Daniel is that he gets 30-odd touches and gets mm. 95 points are from you, it. Are you trusting Tabiner? Are you going Nunes? Are you going Heaney? You know... Nunes is pretty much going to get you a 90 every week, but he doesn't have the ceiling. For, he, for your very last forward spot, I'm probably going for ceiling. Yeah, so, geez, it's a super tough one. Um, but Heaney's not necessarily a ceiling guy anyway. No, he's so. not. There's, It's really bare. The, clo- the cupboard is bare in the forward line. Do you go Martin? No. No. I'm not confident that he's going to be pulling the ceiling out. No, me either. I'd, I'd be more confident with Ablett. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess I would be too. But again, I'm just worried about the random rest and the last minute withdrawal by Chris Scott, which is because God knows which is Geelong love a last minute withdrawal. Yeah. He's just going. Yeah, it's going to be ridiculous. So we have no idea, really. No. So all right, we should move on. It doesn't help anyone. <laughs> but the point is, it's going to be a lot of point of difference. Sixth best. Forward. The forward line is where there will be points of difference. Yeah, yeah. There, there, uh, there may only be one point of difference, but it's going to be very different throughout teams. Uh, okay, and I think that's us done on the Swans and Giants game. Yep. So what we'll do is we'll break the podcast up here. So we'll be back for part two to go through the remaining three games of the round to answer your t- questions from Twitter. And of course, we're going to play our favorite game, Risk It for the Biscuit, where we choose that one player on your waiver list in draft leagues who has a chance of coming on this particular round, coming and smashing a good score out. So join us for part two next.